Hi, thank you so much for joining me today. Today on my episode, I'm going to talk about leader interventions in the group counseling setting. And I obtained all of this information from Klein 2001, Chapter 10. So I'm going to just kind of do like a quick overview of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so the interventions that leaders use are really the most effective way um, to establishing that safe group environment and really mobilizing those forces of group interaction. So the leader's role is to facilitate, okay? A leader is basically a facilitator and they are facilitating the here and now, uh, self-disclosures, honest feedback. Um, they're facilitating risk-taking, confrontation, experimentation with alternative behaviors. And they're really facilitating members' efforts to change. So the leader's responsibilities include protecting members from harm, providing a cognitive structure to make sense of group interaction, um, offering educational input when necessary. Of course, a leader always models effective interpersonal behaviors and helps members process group events. So basic skills are a leader's most fundamental response to group interaction, right? Um, and we all have those basic skills. Um, basic interventions are leader statements that invite a sequence of basic skills. All skills and interventions address one or more or more levels of the group system. So there are three different um, levels in within a group. So it's the individual, the subgroups, or the group as a system, or the group as a whole. Um, and we'll talk about those in detail. Um, but really, learning in groups is most effective when it includes emotional experiencing cognitive understanding, and experimentation with alternative behaviors. Um, and these are all part of the intervention objectives that we will talk about um, in just a minute. All right, so before we can talk about leader interventions, it's really important that we make sure we understand the different intervention levels and the different intervention objectives. So I'm going to talk about that. And again, if you would love to look at this awesome picture, um, it is in our study guide or you can find it in Klein 2001 chapter 10. So Intervention levels. There are three intervention levels. The first one is individual, which believe it or not is the, the most overused and least effective intervention because it fails to engage members with one another. So this is definitely not ideal for a group counseling setting. The second intervention level is the subgroup or interpersonal level. And this should really be the focus of what 
group leaders are doing because these interventions are aimed at members' relationships and they help members develop those healthy and satisfying relationships, which is such an important um, and really the main purpose of group counseling. And the third intervention level is the group as a system or group as a whole. Um, and these interventions are intended for issues that are experienced by all members of the group. Okay, so to recap, we have three intervention levels, one individual, which is a no-no, two subgroup or interpersonal, which is a thumbs up, and the third is a group as a system, which um, are issues experienced by everyone in the group. All right, so now let's move on to intervention objectives. This part's a little bit lengthier, so bear with me. Um, and there are also three intervention objectives. Uh, the first one is effective objectives. And this is when leaders encourage members to experience and share emotion um, to really help them open up those interpersonal communication boundaries. So we know that experiencing and expressing emotions are critical um, because they lead members to learning and to changing. And so members have met effective objectives when their interactions include open, spontaneous, and honest expression of emotions. The second category of objectives are cognitive objectives. And it's really important that group members develop a cognitive structure in order to understand their emotional experiences. Um, so this really takes shape when members receive feedback, um, they're using the appropriate language, and they're able to process here and now interactions. Under the cognitive objective umbrella, there are three mini um, elements that are part of that. So the first one is educational input. And this really refers to um, when leaders provide information um, or educational information um, for group members. And this is obviously not going to be done very often, but it could be very beneficial. Um, and an example of that would be um, when a leader reiterates informed consent information um, at the beginning of each group meeting. The second element that is part of cognitive objectives is languaging. And languaging is a process that describes and names solutions to members' problems that have emerged during group interaction. So the goal of languaging is to increase members' confidence um, in the helpfulness of the group and to really get like all of those juices going for their learning process. So languaging is both a cognitive process and an objective that conceptualizes helpful interactions so that they can be repeated. And the third element that is part of cognitive objectives is processing. So 
similar to languaging, this is an essential um, ongoing leader task, and it's incredibly vital for um, meeting cognitive objectives. So leaders process group events to help members reflect on and learn from here and now interactions. Um, this self-reflective loop allows members to discuss what has immediately occurred or is occurring in the here and now and to really help them make sense of it and develop insight. All right, so now we are moving to our third um, and last objective, which is which are behavioral objectives. And members learn most effectively when they receive feedback about behaviors, when they discover effective alternate behaviors, when they're experimenting with alternate behaviors, um, incorporating into their relationships these alternate behaviors that have worked for them. So behavioral objectives are met when members have experimented with alternate uh, behaviors and they find that, hey, you know what? These actually enhanced um, my needs or my relationships with others. So these are definitely important. So again, to recap, there are three different types of intervention objectives. We have effective objectives, cognitive objectives, which include educational input, languaging, and processing, and last but not least, behavioral objectives. All right, so before we move on to leader intervention, there are a few factors to consider. So timing is really important. When considering an intervention, leaders should remember that members' interactions often attempt to manage anxiety. So as leaders, we need to be really careful about the interventions that we're using um, and the timing. So it's really important to monitor those so that we don't get into the habit of intervening um, when something becomes too intense. The second thing to consider as group leaders is balance. And balance describes how leaders distribute their interventions in terms of form, objective, level, frequency, and amount. Um, form describes the types of interventions used. Objective, which we just talked about, includes affective, cognitive, and behavioral goals of each intervention. The level describes the part of the group system that the intervention is addressing. So again, individual, interpersonal, or group as a whole. And the frequency refers to how often leaders intervene and how long they speak when they intervene. And last but not least, um, intensity. Intensity refers to how high an intervention raises members' anxiety. So obviously more intense interventions um, may face disturbing motives and reactive motives. Um, and the least intense interventions direct the group away from these motives and they may um, serve as restrictive solutions. 
So again, these were just a few factors to consider um, as we think about the types of interventions that we want to use as leaders. And again, these factors were timing, balance, which includes form, objectives, levels, frequency, and intensity. All right, y'all, this is the moment that you have been waiting for. We are finally getting to leader interventions. And there is quite a few interventions. So um, I've tried to include some super fun examples. Um, but again, if you have any questions, please refer back to our awesome study guide or chapter 10 of Klein's book. All right, here we go. So First intervention is going to sound super basic because it is, and it's listening skills. Um, obviously, these include reflecting content or feelings and open-ended questions. Easy, right? Okay, let's move on to the second intervention, um, which are directives. So directives are leader statements that instruct members to participate in a specific way. Directives are the most efficient way to connect or redirect interaction and initiate members' experimentation with alternative behaviors. There are some awesome examples on page 187 of the book, um, but an example of a directive would be, this concerns Oriana. So say that directly to Oriana. Pretty direct, right? Okay, the third intervention um, are observations. And observations include watching and listening uh, to interactions and making a statement about what has been seen and heard. Observation includes statements about members' nonverbal expressions um, and what members say or do in, in a specific interaction or patterns in a member's interaction. So an example of this might be, Danny, when you respond to another member's feedback, you say, yes, but, and that's an observation of verbal behavior. Okay, pretty easy, right? So let's move on to the fourth intervention, which is a basic facilitation sequence. And this is a series of skills designed to elicit input and engage members with each other. So there are three parts to the basic facilitation sequence. And in case you need to remember these, just think of ECC, ECC. And those mean elicit, clarify, and connect. And that's all you need to know about a basic facilitation sequence. So elicit means to use a listening skill to elicit a member's sharing um, relevant to current or recent group interaction. Clarify. Um, if needed, you can use a question or a statement to clarify what the member has just said. And then you want to connect. Okay. So use a question or statement to generate member to member interaction if other members do not respond spontaneously. So again, 
ECC means elicit, clarify, and connect. This super basic facilitation sequence is bound to invite interaction, okay? Um, but it's important to remember that sometimes members have the tendency to address the leader instead of each other. So in these cases, as leaders, we may need to add a fourth step to the facilitation sequence and redirect the interaction so that members speak to each other. So here's an awesome example. As the leader, I might say, Allison, you look really angry. What's going on? And that's E for eliciting. And Allison might say, Ugh, I'm really annoyed with Tommy. And I might respond as a leader by saying, tell Tommy what you're annoyed about. And there I am connecting Allison to tell Tommy what she's mad about. Um, there's a really cool picture of this in our study guide. And again, it's also in chapter 10 of Klein's book. And again, we just went over the basic facilitation sequence, ECC, and if necessary, R, which means elicit, clarify, connect, and if necessary, redirect. All right, that one was fun, right? So moving on to the next leader intervention, uh, which is bridging. And bridging is an interpersonal intervention that seeks to establish and develop emotional connections between members. So that one should be pretty easy to remember because we bridge, right, to connect from one place to another. And here we're bridging to connect one member to another. So bridging is especially important during the initial stages of group development. And the goal is to establish member-to-member -member interaction and connecting as norms. And there are a couple of different types of bridges. So an open bridge is an open-ended request for a member's reaction to a group event. So I might say, Oriana, what do you think is going on with Danny? Okay, that's an open bridge. A directed bridge specifies the topic of the bridge. So I might say, Tommy, do you see what you said to Allison to make her angry? So again, that's very specific to the topic while still connecting the group members. Um, and then the third type is bridging about an interaction. This bridge involves using the observations and perceptions of a member to help other members become more aware of their interactions. So I might say, Kelly, what do you, what do you see going on between Allison and Tommy? Okay, so that was bridging. All right, moving on to our next leader intervention is confrontation. Confrontation is the observation of discrepancies in members' behavior. So confrontation is pretty easy to remember, um, but it's also important to remember that there are five areas of incongruities where the use of confrontation is appropriate. So I'm going to talk about those next. 
So when incongruities exist between verbal and nonverbal behaviors. So a, a member talks about being sad with a smile on his or her face. Okay. That would be um, a good time for a confrontation. Uh, another area is when a member's self-perception and those of others differ. So a member, um, an example of that would be a member is describing him or herself as being an unacceptable person when in reality others admire and like that member. The third area is when um, a member says he or she will do um, what a member says he or she will do and what they actually do are inconsistent. So we probably see this in everyday lives, right? Um, a person says something and then they actually do the opposite or do something else. The fourth area is when um, what a member wants and the reality of their concern and history are incompatible. So an example of this might be when a member says that they want to be in a committed relationship, yet they're closed off and their history of um, past relationships kind of contradicts what they're saying. And the last category is when two of a member's verbal messages are contradictory. So a member says he or she wants feedback, and then they say they're not interested in other in another person's perception. Okay, so these are the five categories um, where it would be okay to utilize a confrontation um, intervention. All right, so moving on to the next intervention, um, which is challenges. And challenges really focus on motivating members to use new interpersonal behaviors. So although they are related to directives, they're different because they offer members a choice about using new behaviors or taking risks. Challenges can encourage risk-taking, um, and that involves boundary opening. Um, so an example of that might be, hey, Allison, here's an experiment for you. Try it when it seems useful. There ex the experiment is when you get feedback you didn't ask for, say, when I want your feedback, I'll ask for it. And this is a leader-generated challenge. Okay, pretty simple, right? All right, moving on to the next intervention, which is communication clarification. So leaders use communication clarification whenever members' interaction demonstrate communication problems. So communication clarification interventions can include observations, listening skills, directions, and feedback exchange. Okay, we're getting close to the end of intervention, so hang in there. The next one is contracting. 
So contracting is an interpersonal intervention that can be used to follow up feedback exchange, confrontation, um, communication clarification, or any other intervention that addresses the relationship behaviors of two or more members. All right, the next intervention is boundary setting. And I know we have spent a lot of time um, talking about this um, in our class, uh, but boundary setting is a specific set of interventions that help leaders perform their boundary management function. <laughs> so boundary setting interventions are designed to help members make better choices about when and how much to open or close their boundaries. So as you might imagine, there are two types of boundaries. So boundary opening interventions have the goals of helping members become more receptive and open and emotionally available, just like the um, name, right? The goal is to get them to be open and increase awareness and just explore. And the other type of boundary intervention is boundary closing. And these are useful when members demonstrate um, excessively open boundaries. So a boundary closing intervention uh, utilizes listening skills, observations, confrontations, challenges, and directives. Okay. So moving on to the next intervention which is requesting input. So leaders request input by using questions or directions when reactions to group interaction um, or suggestions for alternative behaviors or ideas for problem solving. So just like the name requesting input, that's what we're doing as leaders. We're requesting input um, in order to facilitate progress. Okay, and the last intervention that I'm going to talk about today is structuring. So structuring is used to teach feedback and communication skills and to manage that interpersonal or group interaction. So these interventions are what leaders use to perform the, stru the structuring function. So an example of this, I might say, wow, you are all really feeling some intense emotions, but most of you are sharing at the same time. So I'd like you to speak one at a time so each of you can be heard. Okay, so that's an example of an observation and a direction um, while structuring at the same time. Okay, so I know that probably was a lot of interventions. Um, again, they're all in our super awesome study guide, but I'm just going to recap them very quickly. So we started off with really basic listening skills. We then moved on to directives and then observations. And then we talked about the super cool basic facilitation sequence that includes three steps, sometimes four, ECC, which is elicit, clarify, and connect, and sometimes, if necessary, redirect, okay? So again, that was the basic facilitation sequence. 
And then we moved on to talking about bridging, confrontation, challenges, communication clarification, contracting, boundary setting, requesting input, and structuring. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing day.